Welcome to this week's episode of Latchkey Movies, the podcast where we take a critical look at the movies your kids are watching without your supervision. Today we are going to talk about the 2015 movie, Song of the Sea. My name is Sarah. I am the mom of a five-year-old boy. And I am Ryder Harvey, and I am the mom of an 18-year-old girl, a nine-year-old boy, and a three-year-old boy. Actually, this is a 2014 movie. Oh, wow. But the reason 2015 was in my head was because that's the year it was nominated for the Academy Award. So it must have come out, yeah, December 2014. There you go. Maybe it didn't make it to the U.S. until 2015. That's what we're going to go with. So, it was nominated nominated for the Academy Award in 2015. It lost to How to Train Your Dragon 2. Which I don't Uh, really remember that one. (laughs) That one's not actually sitting well with me. Like, we, I know we spoke very highly of the How to Train Your Dragon series. Yes. I feel like as a series, it's very, like, nice. Mm -hmm. It wraps up nicely. It's Mm -hmm. got, like, a good story. But right now, this minute, I cannot remember what the second one was about. (laughs) Isn't that the one where they go and find his mom? Is that the one where they find his mom? I think that's the one where they go and find his mom. Okay. All right. I still... It's not sitting with me, though, that that beat this. Because this movie is... Man, it's really gorgeous. It is. It's It's so pretty. Um, if you have watched this recently or you haven't watched it, um, just something to take note of is that the animation studio that made this movie, um, Cartoon Saloon, they're based out of Kilkenny in Ireland, and they also are responsible for Puff and Rock. Mm. So, like, I was watching it in the living room and my husband was in the kitchen and he said, he couldn't even see the TV from where he was, and he said, is this the same people that do Puff and Rock? And I'm like, yes, yes, it is. He's like, it just sounds like uh, the the audio like landscape of the movie is so similar that he said just the sound of it was very much the same. It does have, they do have a very particular sound, and it's, I think, maybe heavy on the flute, is why well, that's... I think that's a traditional Irish thing. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm one of those annoying Americans who like is really excited about having Irish heritage. <laughs> but I feel like I get a pass because a lot of that comes from the fact that I'm adopted. And so I wasn't raised in like an Irish heritage family. My family was German, uh, very German. And so that kind of came about later on um, when everybody started telling me, Sarah, I'm pretty sure you're Irish. You look very Irish. And then eventually I had a DNA test and I'm 76% Irish. From, oh, you're a lot Irish. Yeah, yeah. From around the Kilkenny area. So these are my people, apparently. I'm not going to be that person who goes to Ireland and says like, hey, I'm 76% Irish. But I did, <laughs> I did put my son in Irish dance. <laughs> well, I, you know, I have a hard time with this question because it's important to care about your heritage, I think. I think it's just such a uniquely American thing <clears throat> because of how America came to be. Like, mm-hmm. we are literally a melting pot, and there's nothing like... 
and in su- and in such a recent time, we are a melting pot. Like I grew up with people who had grandparents who didn't speak English. Mm-hmm. You know, like and that was common, very common where I grew up. And it's not like they were like first generation Spanish or whatever. They were speaking Polish at home. You know, it wasn't like it's so it's not just recent immigration. No. My grandparents spoke Italian right. at home. Yeah. So, so we've all got that to an extent, right? Uh-huh. So I, a lot I just, of us certainly do. I mean, I just I understand why it could be annoying for people who live in the countries where we're like, I'm so Irish. <laughs> like I'm sure when you're in Ireland, like we we visited Ireland oh, a while ago, like 10, 12 years ago, and um, we went with my in-laws, and we kept telling my father-in-law, like, please stop telling people you're Irish, because <laughs> his mate, his mom's maiden name was Kelly. So like he's like all he wants to you know meet other people with that maiden name, but that's like Smith. Like, right. <laughs> but like I I don't I'm not that person. Like I'm not gonna be like yay I'm Irish. Come on, people in Ireland, accept me. <laughs> but there are weird layers. So yeah. my husband is Scottish. Mm-hmm. We were planning on renewing our vows this year for our twentieth. It'll be next year for our twenty-first. But he's no, still going to be wearing be your a 20th because this year's not going to count. <clears throat> not, none of us are aging. Oh, okay. All, we're, just, we're just writing the whole year off. I'm yep, fine with that. I, I, I'm fine with that. <laughs> so, but when we renew our vows, he's going to be wearing a kilt. Now, <laughs> the man has never set foot in Scotland. <laughs> there is, and the Harvey line has been in this country. Since before this was a country. <laughs> yeah. They came over a long, long time right. ago. And still, there is that sense of heritage and belonging yeah. and being a part of something. Right. And it is uniquely American, I think. But and Canadian, Canadians and Canadians do it too. Yeah. Do but it we too. like they're they we're the same, mm-hmm. right? Like essentially, with the way that our countries came to be, we are. And same. and yeah, <laughs> I, I I recognize that 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 is not always yeah. people's favorite thing about us when we travel, but it is somehow. Well, I think because there aren't because well, first of all, America is gigantic. It's mm-hmm. very hard to find, like, a shared American experience. And maybe that, like, attributing heritage to, like, mm-hmm. something generations removed, that's our American experience that we all share. And I think it's about the stories, too. Yeah. And I think that, and I think that this conversation ties in so well to this film. Yes. Because mm-hmm. it is about the stories. It's about our lineage and our traditions and about carrying them on, right? Mm-hmm. We are you're proud to be Irish and are passing that on to your son in tangible ways, like through dance, through Mm -hmm. food, Mm -hmm. through the things that you know to teach him so that he can share those traditions too. Mm -hmm. And those, those things are foundational as a culture. Mm -hmm. You look at, and we'll look at Ireland. There are Gaelic as a language is dying. Mm -hmm. 
is my understanding. It is spoken less and less. It is taught less and less frequently in the home. There are this whole class, this whole cast was Irish for the version that we got, but only what two, three of them I actually only specifically noted that Brendan Gleason and Finola Flanagan did the Irish language version of the film. So, so that's Connor, the dad, and the grandma. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know enough of, like, the recent history with Ireland, but I guess, I mean, it's probably the same type of situation that happened in Wales where when England came in, they outlawed language, right? Mm -hmm. So that's where you lose a lot of it. I mean, that's the same kind of things you're dealing with with Native American populations in the United States where, like, those languages just weren't mm -hmm. passed down like they should have been. And I think in all those instances, you do have actual um, initiatives to try to get that language to remain. Mm -hmm. um, I know that in Ireland and parts of Ireland, like street signs and stuff are in, is Gaelic the right way to call it or is it Irish? Like I, I believe, and I could be wrong. So y'all feel free to email <laughs> us and correct us here. But I believe that it is Irish Gaelic. Okay. Because Gaelic is Because there's also a Scottish, Scottish Gaelic. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. We don't, I mean, we're not, I'm not a historian, guys. I just have a podcast about movies. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, speaking of the actors in this, do you want to talk about the actors? Yes, let's, let's do that. <laughs> so, fortunately... We're very excited to present to you a non-controversial <laughs> cast list. We think. We think, we think. We think. We did a little bit of research. Caveats always apply. Uh, of we course. We record and release. There's a big gap. <laughs> Anything can happen. Anything can happen in the time of Corona in the two months that it will take <laughs> us to get this to press. But we believe we are about to present you a non-controversial cast list. Hooray! Yay! So, <laughs> Ben is played by David Rawl. Has he who, done anything else? Um, he was. He is a kid, and he was. He a is kid a kid. He He's um, was in a show called oh, Moon, Boy, Moon Boy with Chris O'Dowd, who mm -hmm. is also he is in Pop and Rock. Okay, Chris O'Dowd. Dowd. I don't know about. I, I'm really, I'm pleased that you actually have some references here because I certainly do not. Yeah, so at least as far as his um, Wikipedia content goes, it's just Moon Boy and mm -hmm. Song of the Sea. So mm -hmm. Moon Boy is a, a show he was in with Chris O'Dowd. I've never watched it. It's always been on my, like, to-watch list, and I just haven't gotten there yet. So for the people who y'all might actually know... Who well, Chris O'Dowd is? Oh, no. no. Brendan Gleeson. Brendan Gleeson. We'll do Brendan Gleeson. Um, the best reference for most of this crowd, I'm sure, is going to be Mad-Eye Moody. Yeah, Mad-Eye Moody. He was in Gangs of New York. Mm -hmm. Braveheart. Um, Braveheart. Also, probably well-known as the father of Dom Hill Gleeson, mm -hmm. who plays Hux in the most recent Star Wars movies. General okay. Hux. General Hux? Is that? I don't know. But he was also in. <laughs> he was one know. of the Weasleys. Anyways, Mad-Eye Moody. 
is the dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who is also in, in Bruges, right? Uh-huh. He's and, a bad guy. You've seen him a hundred times. And he plays, if you've watched it or started watching, he is Detective Bill Hodges in Mr. Mercedes. Uh, okay. So, quite quite an illustrious career, I must say. He's really got quite the list. Here. I will say he definitely has a lot of, like, Irish guy roles. Uh-huh. <laughs> He does play a stereotypical Irish tough guy. But, I mean, if you reflect back upon him in his Braveheart days, it's difficult not to cast him in that role, given that red hair and just... (laughs) So, apparently, red hair is more of a Scottish thing than an Irish thing. Really? I did not know that. I mean, don't quote me on that. Again, I'm not a scientist. I am just a person with a podcast about movies. Who dyes their hair red. But <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, yeah, it's more commonly Scottish than Irish. That is fascinating. So my business bestie is Scottish. Mm-hmm. And like she, from Scotland? No, or? from Scotland. <laughs> okay. Literally lives in Scotland. And she has, I know, some Irish cousins. Uh-huh. So there does seem to be... Between the Scottish and the Irish, yes. given, and, and this is all very historical, but they hate the English so much that they get along with each other okay because they mm-hmm. hate the English so much. That's yeah. just. <laughs> but I, I am fascinated to know that it's the Scottish and I the believe, yes. red hair. Well, there you go. Now, to be fair, I say that, and I remember that in Braveheart, he was playing a Scotchman. Yeah. Not see, an Irishman. All right. So, next up, Fianola Flanagan. You, here's my favorite way people might know her. She was in The Others. Yes, she was in The Others. <laughs> the way that I suspect my people will remember her <laughs> is as Data's mother. Oh, yeah, I'm not a Star Trek person. She was also in um, uh, Deep Space Nine, and I'm trying to remember... Oh, yes, as uh, one of Dax's wives. It was one of the first lesbian kisses on film, and yeah. She was one of the two members of the kiss? Yes. Uh, Okay. Yes. And a name like Finola. I love that name, Finola. Mm-hmm. I am I am a huge fan of really difficult to pronounce Irish names. They're all fairly difficult, I must say. Like Searsha. That's like one of my favorite difficult to pronounce Irish names. Um, if my son had been a girl, he would have been named Maeve. Mm. Maeve's, I like Maeve. Yeah. Maeve's fairly easy. I... I've known a Sora, which has a lot of additional letters in it that (laughs) we're not pronouncing. Yeah. I was pleased with this movie to finally get a good pronunciation of the she, which, you know, has a D in it. Okay. (laughs) The fairies. Right, yeah. But it's she. It's it's just she. There's... 
They, yeah, there's a lot of uh, letters that don't need to be pronounced. <laughs> there's a lot of letters that show up in Irish, and it's interesting because it's not it's not a written language, is it? Yeah, it is. I believe. Well, I mean, it is now, but oh, I have no idea what like the tradition was. I, I, was I it can't, a, a strictly an oral language? It, my suspicion know. is because most of the Isles languages were oral. Really? Yeah. It's more than I know. I believe we didn't actually have written characters until we started forcing everyone to learn Roman, Latin. Well, I guess that makes sense. Well, I believe it. Oral traditions here, for the most part, on the aisles. Okay. So, we're just tossing in letters, I guess, to <laughs> toss in letters. That's th that's what I have for you. Okay. Oh, apparently she was also on an episode of Enterprise, if anyone cared about that show. <laughs> playing a Vulcan ambassador. She's got a really extensive filmography. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. I she... would and I'm gonna guess that she's been in other stuff with uh Brendan Gleason because oh, I'm there's sure. just it's like how everybody who's British has been in an episode of Doctor Who and everybody who works out of New York City has been a dead body in Law and Order. <laughs> well, I mean, after forty eight seasons, <laughs> Can you even call yourself an actor on the East Coast if you haven't been If you been haven't been Order? a dead body on Law and Order? <laughs> oh, my. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I just found her best role. Okay. She was in the 1986 movie with Rob Lowe, Youngblood. <laughs> do you know what movie I'm talking do about? Do you know who she was in it? She was Mrs. McGill. <laughs> so this is a movie about hockey players. So the tradition in hockey is that when you're young, you generally don't, or you didn't, go into college. You went and played juniors, and you got billeted. And when, what that means is you were playing in a town that you don't live in, so you were staying with another family while you were there. And I believe Mrs. McGill was a billet mom, and but she was known for, like... <laughs> Guiding the young men through life. <laughs> and it's called Tea with Miss McGill. <laughs> this, by the way, it's Rob Lowe and yes. Patrick Swayze are... Also, Keanu Reeves is in it. He plays the French-Canadian goalie. Oh, God, um, I'd forgotten yeah. that. Yeah. It's, it's like got to be one of his first, first films. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about junior hockey, and in junior hockey, you're playing away from home, and you get billeted with another family. So, like, basically you're living with another family, because mm -hmm. you're probably, like, 17. Because it's generally where people go, like, late high school, uh -huh. before, like, because at the time, hockey wasn't really a college sport. It still kind of is just now becoming a college sport. I mean, not to say that there hasn't been college hockey. There has been. But that just wasn't but a it's, career But it's trajectory. different than, yeah. like, say, the NBA yeah, or like the NFL. Or you yeah, don't you go probably, in that way. Yeah. Exactly. So this is, like, mind-blowing for me. I'm just like, I can't believe that that's her. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's honestly a terrible, terrible movie. But so good. But so good. <laughs> in that, 
in that 1980s way that I suspect a good number of our listeners remember very fondly. Back when, like, Rob Lowe was still, maybe, was this, like, pre-controversy Rob Lowe or, like... Oh, well, pre-controversy okay, right. Rob Lowe. <laughs> so he was still, like, a teen heartthrob then. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and Lisa Hannigan... Do you know anything she's been in? Brana. She plays Brana, Ben and Searsha's, Searsha's mother. Um, so I have, she is, um, there's a song, Damien Rice. Do you know who he is? He's Irish. The name rings a bell. He has a song, Nine Crimes. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to sing it. Look it up. You'll remember <laughs> it. She's the female vocals on that. She's a singer. Okay. Uh, Shrek the Third. So, for people who actually, yes, okay. <laughs> right? For our people might recognize it from Shrek the Third. <laughs> the rest of this, she's obviously, um, she also did, oh, here's one that my people might know. Uh, she did a cover of David Bowie's Oh You Pretty Things for the closing of the sixth episode of Legion. Which was, I didn't actually watch because that show was so fucked up I could not stick around for it. But, yes. Um, and then I think it got cancelled. You know, in the way that Fox has a tendency of doing. <laughs> Cancelling good sci-fi shows when they've ended on a really big cliffhanger. And... <laughs> You're never gonna fucking know now! <laughs> well, at least they're consistent. I always, <laughs> when going into new sci-fi or fantasy shows on Fox, I'm like, should I watch this? Should I not? I really... And then, against my better judgment, every fucking time, I will get attached. Yeah. And then it will be... It will be all over. Mm -hmm. It will be all over. I think the last time I did that was Alcatraz. I still didn't know better even then. <laughs> all right. So that's it, really. I mean, we have other people that Irish people may know, but for our mostly American audience, the rest of these are just going to be names for y'all. Yeah. Yeah, the rest, I mean... I, prove us wrong, let us know if we're totally off base saying this, but the rest seem to be um, people who are going to be more well-known in Ireland and not necessarily outside of Ireland. Um, one of the characters is an athlete and he's in an Irish folk group. Uh, <laughs> like, I can't even... I'll also really confess here that I don't know that I can pronounce at least a yeah. third of these names. <laughs> yeah. So not only do I not know who they are, I'm going to butcher their names mm -hmm. and I, I I just feel bad in advance. So we're going to skip that. Yeah. Yeah. And go straight into the movie. We've noted the most noteworthy. All right. So this one... I don't know about you, Sarah, but this one was like a class five weeper for me yeah. for most of the film. Yeah. So. And I mean, I think a lot of that is it has a melancholy tone to it. 
it's throughout. It's definitely that. Uh, for me, it's obviously loss and right. mothers and children yeah. and all of those things that hit all of those lovely notes for me. But I think there's something about the art mm -hmm. and the music and just the way that it's interwoven together that really does make it very deeply felt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I love the way the movie starts off with the story, right? Does it mm -hmm. start with the story mm -hmm. of... Mm-hmm. Okay. Of, of She's telling him the story, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Of Connor McClure. Yeah. So... I, I, so, this is another thing that's kind of difficult about um, Irish folklore. Mm-hmm. If you try to, like, figure it out... <laughs> You'll find that there's, like, 15 different variations of every single story. Like, there is no, like, clear, this is what happened, this is point A, this is point B, and this is what happened. If you try to look into it, you'll see that, like, McLear is in, like, 80 different things and appears as, like, 15 different types of things. And, like, sometimes he's this, and sometimes he's this, and sometimes he's this, and sometimes he's this. So, like, there is no, generally, there's not much of, like, a solid McLear was always this right so that's <laughs> the beauty and the mystery of oral traditions right in folklore and I can't because I don't have personal practical experience with mm -hmm. this but in folklore the reason for these multitude of stories is that it allows them to hide the true story. And I say that with bunny rabbit ears, but in oral traditions, the telling of the story is how you become a master. Mm -hmm. So you have to not just know the story, but you have to then be able to retell the story properly. And so they use all of these false stories as a way to separate out the true storytellers, the bards. There's a, I'm nearly positive there's a term for it in, there is. in yes. Gaelic Irish. Yeah, the guy who has all the hair. Troubadour. No, no, no. But that's no. not it, but that's... that's no, so in this movie, mm -hmm. yes, the character with all the hair he, is the great... <laughs> I was like, as I'm watching the movie, I'm like, Sarah, remember how this is pronounced because you're going to have to say it again. I, I know. Uh, me too. Anyways, that he is the great. Right. Whatever. The, the, the guy and, with all the hair. He is the storyteller. And the and, thread. But, but that name mm -hmm. being a... a uh, I'm going to look it up pronounced pronunciation wise okay because okay. i have to keep saying it shanhi <laughs> i think that seems closest shanhi seems closest shanhi okay that's what we're gonna say we're gonna call it, oh yeah shanhi that's what this one says okay, okay. 
So back that up. The name Shonky is actually the name for an Irish storyteller. So this guy is the great storyteller. The great Shonky is the great storyteller. And then if you're a person who takes on the Irish oral tradition, you are a Shonky too. And they even weave it in because yeah. the the hair, the thread, the mm-hmm. one true story, that's what the 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 novice shankies i guess yeah. we'll call them as you are coming up and learning the oral tradition to m- become a master you have to be able to tell the story from beginning to end correctly so that's why there are all of these 85,000 different <laughs> because they're they're deliberate. Right. They're yeah. false stories to prevent people who shouldn't have them from having the real mythology. Okay. And that's true in a lot of magical traditions as well. So there we go. <clears throat> All right. But we start with the story. So Brana is telling Ben about MacLear, and they are painting on the wall. And then it's bedtime. And then... So do you think she knows at that point? Because it seems to me like she's having a pretty, like, final conversation with him where she asks him to make sure that he watches out for his little sister or whatever. I think that she's been preparing him for Mm -hmm. a very long time. Mm Mm-hmm. In, in the way that he knows the songs, he knows mm. the stories, they're all very much a part of his tradition at this point in time. So, I mean, six years is a long time to be without your mom. Mm-hmm. And I think they really did that, man, masterfully well. So they, but they give us the story in the beginning from his point of view right Mm -hmm. but then we get more of the story in the end right like Mm -hmm. the full story of what happened okay so i've watched this twice over the last 24 days 24 hours um but so i kind of forgot which part happened where but when he comes out um as a little like that night and his dad's sitting with searsha and he asks where's mom where's mom and he's got like that little boy like his pjs are just a little too small on him like you know and that's such like a that's oh yeah that was a weeper you know with his Mm -hmm. little bellies hanging out and i'm like how many times has my son walked out with like where you look at him and you're like you need new pjs (laughs) and you're ordering new pjs today yeah yeah so that yeah that's the part that really got me (laughs) When he comes out with those little PJs that are just a little too small. Oh, just a little too small. And there's dad with this little tiny baby. Mm-hmm. And mom is no more. Mm-hmm. And I still am not sure if she dies or if she goes back to being a Selkie. Do you mean like at the end or? No, then. Oh, so do you think she was coming to him as, like, a ghost at the end of the movie, then? I, I think that's a possibility. I mean, yeah. we're all... No, it's all I magic think, anyway, right? right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you can look at this movie, and there's lots of movies like this that you can look at many ways, and it's the... You can look at it as this is 
a fairy story. Mm-hmm. Take it at face value. What you see is what you get. Or you can look at it as, are, is this the imagination of a little boy who's going through a really tough time and whose sister got sick, so his grandma came and took them off the island, and all of this is fantastical. But in the end, his sister got better, and they ended up living back on the island. Like, is this just the story that this little boy has put together in his mind to cope with this situation, right? No. If that was the case, then his mom would have been there forever as a seal. Yeah. Just out there in the water. Okay. And I think that at some point when they are crossing over and the boatman says to Ben, look at the seals. Mm -hmm. There haven't been any here in years. Yeah. So... Um, when Brana tells them at the end that all of her kind have to go back tonight, is that, is this something, is this because it's Halloween and the spirit world or fairy world is closer in that time period? Do you yes. think that's why? Yeah. In most magical traditions, mm-hmm. Halloween is when the veil between yeah. the worlds is thinnest. So, I yes. knew you would know. I mean, I know you, you're you into that woo stuff. I know, the woo. <laughs> the woo. So, but yeah, I if, if we're looking at it as a fairy story, and mm-hmm. these are the events that actually happened, then yes, they had to go back because that's when the veil is thinnest and they can't cross through except for at Halloween. Now... So then- Yes. Do they yes, get to see her every year? <laughs> in theory. That so it's in, basically, this is Coco. In a lot of ways. <laughs> so, um, I believe it's... I know the Scottish have this tradition. I believe the Irish do as well. You can walk through the woods on All Hallows' Eve and leave blessings for okay. your departed ancestors. And if you have... I don't know that I'd say be good because that's that's putting a kind of anglicization on it mm-hmm. for old Saint Nick, right? But I think that if you've been good, we'll go ahead and say, then you might get visited by some of your departed. Okay. Oh, it's that's... really interesting how these cultures that are so, f- like, physically far removed have these traditions around... A similar time of year. Or you could argue that that's because something actually well, happens that's what I'm, at I'm that saying. time of like, that's, year. It's really interesting. I've never actually, I mean, I'm, I was, I've been aware of things like it, Dia de los Muertos and All Hallows Eve and whatever. Did you know that most ancient traditions have a flood myth? Was oh like so like the Noah's Ark thought right so there is an Aboriginal happened. Australian yeah. story about a flood myth. Mm-hmm. How the Aboriginals have a flood myth at the same time the Jews have a flood myth. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting question to ask. Hmm. But the same is true for Samhain and All Hallows and Halloween. It is when we say that the veil is thinnest. Mm -hmm. Now, it is specific to the time of year. In the Southern Hemisphere, Halloween happens in May. Mm -hmm. 
because it's at that time of year, that time of fall. Okay. So it's season, like actual season. It's it's, it's about the season, okay. yes. <clears throat> it's about the season between dying and death. Because oh, if you look at it symbolically, right, right okay. from yeah. fall to winter. All right, I get you. So, all right, so we have the story, we have the brand new baby, and then we have six years later with a very, how old do you think Ben is here? 11, 12? 10. Maybe, yeah. Um, I think it's really interesting that he wears his life vest all the time and is afraid of the water because, so... In, as we have been given the story, he did not witness his mom going into the water, right? No. But he has this fear about water. So did he actually witness his mom going into the water and that's where it came from? Or was he just told that his mom, like, jumped into the water? Like, what was he told about his mom? You know, what we don't know is, is a lot. But, man, this is a broken, broken family, mm -hmm. right? Like, mm -hmm. Connor is... He's got these He's two a shell. kids. He doesn't know what to do. He's he isolated at the um, lighthouse. Lighthouse. Do they go to school? Your guess is as good as mine. There is a village across the way, mm -hmm. but surely they don't pick him up on the boat and take him back every day, right. Ben. Or I, I, I just. Yeah, I don't know. That's so, okay, though. Like, the reality is we don't need that information. No, we don't really need that information. We just know that they're not functional, they're not working, mm -hmm. and Grandma comes for... God, she's like just no mother-in-law. <laughs> right? She really is. <laughs> and yet, she loves her family. Right. You know... There are certainly a lot of, I think, similarities between her and Maka the Owl Witch. Well, no? yeah, yeah. I mean, that, they, that's pretty much, they bash you on the head with that by having those two play. They're basically, they're the they same They are literally played by the yeah. same actress. And, but they look the same, too. Mm -hmm. Like, their, their character is the same. It's about protecting your family, I guess. There's there's a lot of interesting history being the old matriarch. No? Knowing mm -hmm. what's best at all the times. Putting your foot down. Yeah. But she goes about it in a very poor way. Oh, they both do. Yeah. They both do. Both her and Maka in the sense of... Right. Repressing, because she even says to Ben, there will be no tears in mm -hmm. this house or car. Mm -hmm. I'm not dealing with that. Right. After We're not you having away, your feelings here. Yeah, if you take this little boy's best friend, his dog, away. Oh. I know. Poor coo. <laughs> well, and... Man, it's tough... Ben is such an arrogant little shithead. And yeah. at the same time, you really got to feel very badly mm -hmm. for him. Yeah. 
His mom is gone. His dad doesn't care. He's got this sister here that he's supposed to protect and look after, and he doesn't want to because she's the reason his mom's not there. Right. Yep. It's it's a rough time to be little Ben. Yeah, and I mean, add into that the fact that she doesn't talk. So if right. they are going to school, chances are they're being made fun of for that, and like, you know. Uh-huh. There's resentment that comes from that, I'm sure, too. Mm-hmm. And being the big brother of his mute sister, so he's obligated to protect her from <laughs> the bullies, and he's obligated to speak for her because he's big brother. Like, it's, it's, none of this is great for Ben in any way. And he's... I think rightfully resentful. Mm-hmm. But when she goes out into the water, he—I think he—I don't know if he would have got in without Koo. Yeah. That first time. Mm-hmm. Although it's funny to watch him spluttering around in six inches of water. Yeah. Yeah. I think my boys are always amused by that particular sequence. <laughs> did your, um, what did your kids think of this movie? So, um, the older ones really like this one. Mm-hmm. The nine-year-old likes it a lot. The three-year-old comes in when there's music, which is about par for the course for him with mm-hmm. most movies. Except Wally, which mm-hmm. he loves and adores and will <laughs> always watch. But <clears throat> I yeah. could not get my son to sit down for this one. And I think part of it is he's like deep in the like obsessive stage of a new video game. And um, so I really didn't push it or anything. I didn't super try. But I think he would like it. It reminds me so much like tonally of my neighbor Totoro. Mm-hmm. Which we both know he was obsessed Yes, oh my gosh. With. He is, like, counting down the days until HBO Max comes, because it's, like, the whole Ghibli. Yes. So, yeah. He's very excited. I think it's next week. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, like, it reminded me so much of that, but also the art styling for Maka was, like, mm-hmm. straight up um, Baba Yaga from... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which one is she in? Is it Howl's Moving Castle? Yes. Okay. Right. Okay. Or Spirited Away. Oh God! Now I get that. I kind of get those two confused. I it's been years since I've seen either of them. Now it's Spirited Away. But anyways, it's like straight up, and that like it's really interesting to me because that art styling for like a crone is pretty common in Ghibli, I believe. Like, uh-huh. yeah. So that's. I thought that was. I'm sure it's influenced by. But she does look like Yubaba, who is the witch in the bathhouse, spirited away. Okay. Okay. There we go. (laughs) Coming all the way around to spirited away. Yeah. So it's like, it just really reminds me of that with the eyes Mm -hmm. and like the whole way that that's presented. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that... I really like the patterns that are, like, underneath. I don't know how else to describe them. 
so if have you ever seen this the same production company or studio did um the secret of kells which is about illuminated manuscripts uh-huh. and so that is also in mm-hmm. but to a bigger extent in the secret mm-hmm. of kells but i think that's almost like a hallmark of their art style yeah and they, it's a very like irish folk art i don't know if they're runes or but they certainly like their little patterns on and they appear around the edges mm-hmm. and on the stone figures of the she right but in, in like the way <clears throat> that the mcleer's uh dogs are mm-hmm. represented is like super traditional like that is a celtic hound that is how you will always see a celtic hound represented in like traditional folk art as that ghost dog that kind of like pointy like if you google it you'll see mm-hmm. it, it works its way into like all sorts of um irish folk art and i'm sure Without knowing for sure, but I am sure that that probably weaves itself into the oral tradition in some yeah. way, too. The recognition of the patterns, probably being able to draw them, mm-hmm. because it's an oral tradition. So while we're not writing, we're still very much involved in the keeping of the word, mm-hmm. which includes visual pictographic information in most oral traditions. Mm-hmm. So... So we end up, I guess, at Grandma's house after the birthday because, um, so what happened? So I guess she, she gets her coat and she tries, she turns into a selkie and jumps into the water and then right. like, they find her and they're like, what the fuck? You can't do that. <laughs> And then grandma's like, oh my God, Connor, these kids are like, you can't do this. I'm taking them. They're not living in this lighthouse anymore. And then, of course, you know, to add insult to injury, because we're obviously going to need it later, Connor throws the coat to the bottom of the ocean. He locks it into a trunk and throws it to the bottom of the ocean. So he's aware that she is a selkie, right? Like, he's got to know... Brano was a selkie and like you think I think on at least on some level if he doesn't know that she was a selkie he knows that the coat is important mm-hmm. to I, I I mean because it was in a chest locked away to begin with right mm-hmm. the reason that Sorsha found the coat was because she found the key after playing the shell and then she unlocked the chest now Mm -hmm. i'm assuming here's the other little bit of magic but i think that's the coat that she was born in yeah that she was wrapped up in yeah when so the coat grew with time well because it's magic because well of course (laughs) it's her silky coat but those are the little details that for me really make the story Mm -hmm. right that it really gets how the magic works because the coat grew over time Mm -hmm. it's not the baby coat because she i'm sure she never saw it again after (laughs) connor took her out of it Mm -hmm. but the coat grew with her anyway Mm -hmm. and i love that i just I think that's the little details that make this should have earned the 
Oscar instead of... <laughs> so I'm actually totally wrong on who won the award that year. Okay, um, well, that's at least helpful. It still wasn't this, but um, it was... Mm-hmm. It was nominated against The Box Trolls, How to Train Your Dragon 2, and The Tale of Princess Kaigua. Kaiguya? And it lost to Big Hero 6. Uh, Which, Big Hero 6 I has feel a, really a good story. little yeah. bit better about it losing to Big Hero 6. Although, <laughs> there's some, that movie has some issues. We haven't done that one yet, have we? No. We haven't done that one yet. Because no. that movie has some, yeah, it's good, but we'll that one has it. some, yeah, well, it has <laughs> some issues. <laughs> but, um, okay, but that's, well, that's a little better, I guess, that... So, okay, so this is why. It, you were right. The release date in Ireland was the 10th of July, 2015. And what's... And it came out at the Toronto International Film Festival in 2014. Mm-hmm. So then... But it came out here, I guess, in 2015. It had to have. To have been nominated for yeah whatever 80s. people I mean there's all those weird like hey as long as you get in one theater by this random arbitrary date you can be nominated <laughs> and on our way to grandma's after Sorsha got the coat is she playing fun. she's playing the um, the shell as they're driving right because that's how the fairies hear her uh huh. I love how the grandma goes into the garbage can and the fairies are in there. <laughs> she thinks they're dressed up kids. That I, that made me. I love that part. <laughs> I know, I know, and I liked that the fairies were following her around. Yeah. Like, um, something that's interesting is when they're sitting with the grandma listening to the um, terrible music. Where she's like, "Oh, I love this song" or whatever. Right. When they get to Maka's house. That same song is playing. Oh my god, I didn't notice. Yeah, yeah. Well spotted. <laughs> well spotted. So we get to the we get to grandma's house, Sorsha steals the her grandma's coat, right? Yeah, yeah, it's her fur coat. It's her fur coat. And then Because she can't she can't be away from the water. Right. right? That's the thing that's... It, do you think that's what it is that's killing her? I think so. There are... That's why so, she runs the bath. Oh, uh, runs the bath and gets in the water with the coat. Mm-hmm. Is it that or is it simply that she's six now and it's time? It's difficult to know. I think it's maybe a little bit of both. I think taking her away from the water maybe impacted it i'm i'm guessing that's certainly what made her hair start to Mm -hmm. go change color yeah go white which is a pretty common 
film trick, I think. Of yeah, right? it's a way to it's a way to show that life is being drained out. Drained of out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's a trope, and that's okay. It works here. It works just fine here. So she, I guess. She runs away then? Is that what happens? Yeah, after the grandmother puts tries to put them to bed uh, at four o'clock. At four o'clock. <laughs> Halloween while everybody's trick-or-treating. And she runs away <laughs> and Ben follows her kind of reluctantly. I like I'd... that he uses the dog, uh, the dog retractable leash, leash on her. <laughs> so they end up with the in the fairy house, right? Is it the fairy? What do they call that? A fairy hill? I guess they call it a fairy hill. I like. What does the sign say? It's like, get the feck out. No humans. <laughs> and it's totally okay because my kid doesn't know what that means. Well, and it's not spelled fuck. No, it's it's F-E-I-C, spelled C. Yeah. Right. So it's fine, I guess. <laughs> I died. I died. But admittedly, even the 18-year-old didn't notice. <laughs> so clearly that's just a little for Yeah, that's like, for I, you I mean, it's not even, like, spelled, like, how when people who, like, that's, I don't know what the right word is, but, like, it's vernacular. Right. Like, you know, Scottish people and Irish people say feck. It's just how it. But, but wouldn't that be more e yeah, and that's I, not how it's spelled on the thing. It's like F-E-I-C or something like uh-huh. that. I like, I don't know, I just like it. <laughs> oh, but we all knew what was intended yeah. there. We definitely knew what was intended there. So they end up in the fairy hill and then are attacked by... So this is where we get to see Ben's storytelling, right? Yeah. Because he's singing the song for the fairies. Right. And he tells them the last verse of the story. Like, he, in spite of himself, because he doesn't want to be there. He's mad at his sister and mm-hmm. has been her entire life. And mm-hmm. yet still, that that inner training of, oh, I know the next word. I know the next line. Mm-hmm. I find that very compelling here. Mm-hmm. And they are... So then they're attacked by the owls who turn the fairies into stone. And then they end up on the bus, which is... So Sorsha starts playing the shell again. Mm-hmm. And then all the And the things. lights come and they get off the bus pretty abruptly. Mm-hmm. But that's when they find Coop. Right. In the woods. In the woods. And so then they end up, so it's raining in the woods. Yeah. And Ben takes her into the holy well. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's a nice little moment where she goes and finds the, I can't remember specifically what plant it was, but it's the plant that oh, takes right. away the stinging nettles. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just... <sighs> I like when she leaves. He's like, I just spent all this time getting you out of the rain. <laughs> she, 
just you know yeah. their their relationship is very brother sister <laughs> antagonistic and yet at the same time you can tell that they do care right. very deeply for right. one another it's very sweet i did also see and americans probably have no reference for this but inside the holy well there was a can of golden syrup do you know what golden syrup is? Isn't it sort of like a caro syrup? It's like yes. maple like they use it like they, we would use maple syrup. Maple on top syrup of or honey on yeah. top of things. And yeah, basically it's but it's better than caro syrup. And it's used in a lot of baking type things. Mm-hmm. And it's very particular to the aisles. And I saw it and I was like, oh golden syrup and <laughs> Nobody cared. And, well, you made a note in the <laughs> but note. But I did. You I made cared. a note. You cared. <laughs> <clears throat> so they dive down the well. and ben, Which Ben doesn't want to do because which, he's afraid of water. Because he's afraid of water. But he's going to go and mm-hmm. save his sister. And he, so that's where he takes the vest off, right? And then Yes. Dives down the well Mm -hmm. after her. And... Oh, and that's right. While he's with the great... We just... I already forgot how to pronounce it. The great storyteller. He... That's when he sees the full extent of the story of his mom. Right. In the hair. In the hair. That's where her story lives, too, I guess. All the stories live there. So the great storyteller has the same character model and the same voice actor as the bus driver from... Mm -hmm. Or the the ferry driver. The ferry driver. Um, So I want to... I love that as a storytelling method when you have, you know, the real-life people and the fantastical people, Mm -hmm. like in The Wizard of Oz is, -hmm. like, a great example of that. Um that is i just really like that as a storytelling which does lend us back to the possibility however remote that it's all just in bed yeah well and that's what made me think of that because a lot of the times that's right you know that's the way that's presented Although, if it's just in his head, his dad has bought into it, too, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. Yeah. he says goodbye to Brana before she leaves yeah. at the end of the film. But, but sure, it is, it, but it is a nice fantasy reality tie-in. Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree. So then, um, he follows the thread, I guess the hair, but it's the thread, of her of of Sorsha's story, and f- goes where? Where does he? He follows her to Maka's house. Right, right, right. So he and he goes the over the stones, the... and the fairies right. are the stones, stones, and they tell him to avoid the jars. And be careful, and be brave. Mm-hmm. And then. We've got, let's see. So Maka's house has all of these f- jars with emotions in them. And mm-hmm. I like how 
But she trapped the good ones, too, because there's rainbows and and suns. And so clearly those should be good, happy emotions. Mm -hmm. In addition to all of the tornadoes and swirling storm Mm -hmm. clouds and all of those. But she's capturing them all. Mm -hmm. And I think... There's something there that maybe wasn't quite for me. I don't know. But there's something, because I'm, I'm not an emotionally repressive person mm-hmm. by any stretch of the imagination. But there is, there's some good lessons there, I feel, about what that looks like suppressing your emotions yeah i mean it's in the same vein as like inside out you have to have all your emotions you gotta have all your feelers you have to feel the goods and you have to feel the bads so after he so he tries to break a jar and then sorcia plays the flute which breaks all of the jars Mm -hmm. and then so Maka gets her feelings back. Mm-hmm. And I guess in getting her feelings back, realizes that everybody's supposed to have their feelings. Yeah. And, and so s- then decides to help them. Because she has stolen the feelings out of Sersha. Sersha. Yeah. And-, and then she says something that was very much like what the grandmother would say. Like, oh, she's a perfect little kid who shouldn't have any... Shouldn't have any worries or concerns. Yeah, yeah. And there's definitely something in that, too. Traditionally, we do not like our kids to have big well, feelings. It's the whole children should be seen, be seen and, and not heard. heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, and it's, as a parent, on the other side of that, even I still, you know, mm-hmm. when my kids will throw temper tantrums and my immediate response is to tell them to be quiet yeah instead of you should feel your feelings right (laughs) yeah it's hard sometimes you know especially when it's been one of those days and it's just been never ending you know Mm -hmm. and we i think do a great disservice to our children trying Mm -hmm. to teach them to bottle those things up instead Mm -hmm. of teaching them to feel them recognize them name them because the more that you can do that the easier it is to get over them right Right. so maka then decides to get them home with the dogs which Mm -hmm. we've mentioned briefly but and the dogs that whole are... scene reminds me so much of the cat bus scene from uh-huh. my neighbor Totoro mm-hmm. where they're flying there with are the dogs. really a lot of parallels mm-hmm. here that are lovely in in the ways I have to imagine that timing wise it makes sense that the filmmakers for this were absolutely influenced by Ghibli like oh I'm sure yeah, this is a movie from 2014 2015 that's mm-hmm. They were absolutely influenced by Ghibli because those movies had come out mm-hmm. a decade yeah. or were still coming out. I mean, there's a lot of tie-ins and a lot of parallels. And homage is, in film, we like it, right? Mm-hmm. It, it says these are where our, because we recognize we're not telling different mm-hmm. stories, really. They're all the same stories. We're just telling them over and over mm-hmm. and over again. So these are where we picked up the story threads the first time. Mm-hmm. And in a movie about stories, I really like that. Mm-hmm. It just ties in well. So 
the dogs get them back to, um, I just, do they run over? Yes. They, they get all the way over to the, the water. They yeah. get all the way to the lighthouse where Ben goes to try and find the coat. Mm-hmm. And he is, His dad, Connor, Connor stops him, said, I threw it to the bottom mm-hmm. of the ocean and we're all going back now and none of this is happening. Yeah, he puts them in the boat because he needs to get Searsha to the hospital. Because he, right, because the Why solution- don't they have a motorized boat? Is <laughs> my thought. They so, have a motorized boat. <laughs> I watched it, I can't remember, I, I'm sure it was probably, well that sucks, subreddit but it was some girls with an outboard and the water got choppy and the outboard just goes completely unhinged well maybe that's my turn (laughs) i don't know enough about boats i guess i don't think that you do because the reality is is that outboards on choppy waters are likely to end up at the bottom of the ocean does okay. not take a whole lot for them to end up at the bottom of the ocean. Okay, I guess. I, I know. So. That's why we have the ferry and the big boats. <laughs> but the little boats do not go over the choppy waves particularly well. So we have oars. Because at least if we have to get there, we can row our way there. Mm-hmm. And that's when Ben... May I... I, I I hate to use this phrase. I don't particularly like this phrase, but I guess he mans up, right? I could, let's just say he grows up. And decides that he's going to save his sister. Yeah. That, that everyone else is not doing the right things at the right mm-hmm. time for the right reasons. He's the only one with all of the information. Boy, it sucks being the 10-year-old, 12-year-old boy with all of the information, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody believes you. Mm-hmm. Here, too, there's a nice thread back to Coco, which we did never released. But <laughs> I love my favorite part about that movie is how quickly his family believes him. When he comes back. When, he, when Miguel comes yeah. back from the land of the dead and he tells them what happened to his great-great-grandfather. Mm-hmm. They, instead of not believing that that's the story of Hector, they they believe him, mm-hmm. they embrace the music. I love that. And that mm-hmm. happens here, too. Because once Ben gets the coat, mm-hmm. once they... And the Selkies dive down, and mm-hmm. Connor dives down, and they all work together to get the coat back to Sorsha. And Connor is already fully involved in this Mm -hmm. story and the process and the believing. And they go back so that Sorsha can sing the song. Mm -hmm. So, which she does, right? Yeah, if they're on the other island, the McLear island. I, I guess they're on the McLear island. Yeah. Um, I love the animation that they do for her when she's singing, where it looks like she's underground, or mm-hmm. underwater, and then that in- animation continues when Brana comes, and she's 
the same things happening with her hair going up. But then when she's crying, her tears, tears are going up. Yeah. It's so pretty. I'll, and I'll, so sad. Yeah. I, I, I'll be honest. I've watched this twice in the last two days. I don't remember this scene really well because mm-hmm. I didn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> through my own tears. Yeah. Like, this is a big, sobby, weepy sequence for me. Yeah. So, I, I, all I got is, I, I mean... I guess, so, the thing... So, when she comes back and she's, she's telling them that Saoirse has to come with her because all of her kind leave tonight and then gives her the option to break ties between the two worlds if she gives back her coat... Um, Something that I found kind of interesting is when Brana, like when Brana first appears, she's like very much almost like she's in a trance, like she's uh-huh. very much a selkie. And at one point, she kind of snaps out of it, and that's when she starts like having this conversation with them about it. And so I'm wondering how much of like being the seal side of her being a selkie is like real, like just the human side's not there. Yeah, that's an interesting question, and again, I'm not sure I can speculate to the answer, because I'm not sure, as a mother, mm-hmm. sulky or not, do you leave your children? Well, and that's what I that's where I'm coming from with this, like, that's the only way she can leave her children, I guess, you know, is that she just isn't the human side of her while she's the seal side of her. And I can't even go with that. Not knowing what I know about seals and harems and how they <laughs> raise their pups together. Yeah. Like, and if we're going with the mythology of the Selkies are the seals, right? Mm-hmm. That we, they're not fairies. They're seals that, that have we a human have form. that have a human form because we have mythologized them. Mm-hmm. I'm still not there with Brana leaving her kids. So basically, it's the same origin story as Aquaman. Mm. <laughs> right? It is actually. <laughs> now that you've said that, it's exactly the same. And in that case, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna reference the comic books and yeah, I don't know enough about this origin story from comics. I just know about the movie version. <laughs> you know, I, I have such mixed feelings about Aquaman the movie because it was my favorite comic as okay, a kid. Then. And well, you can speak to it then. So yes, so I can that. speak to it. The movie, the movie was, the movie was bad, and it should feel bad. But at the same time, it was good enough, and relatively, that bit of the story is close. Mom was incapacitated. We'll go, we'll go with that. Mom was unavailable to return home because if she did, it would have been damaging. We'll, we'll, we'll go with that. Here, Mom... My argument remains that Mom was unable to return home because she was dead. But... I just... I think physically she's not able to be there that long. That could... But... That was the impression but for I got. four or five years with Ben. See? But maybe that was the only... For, that was all she could have. 
Maybe she used up what she had in that time. The it's other like question a, that I can't quite answer, and I, I suspect it's because I don't know, but why isn't Ben a Selkie? Because he's Because he's male? Female. <laughs> I don't know. Is it because he's a boy? Because he looks like his dad. Right. <laughs> what, if he's half Selkie, just like his sister is, then he's... I think it's probably just genetics. I'm... You don't, so, you're not necessarily coming out half Selkie. Okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah. This is, if not a traditional story, then certainly close to. Mm-hmm. And so my suspicion there is that Sorsha is having to decide is... Part of the story. Part of the story. Mm-hmm. So, okay. And then... That's the end. That's the end. And they all live happily They all live happily... This is an all... They all... Well, for the most part... I mean, Connor grandma says goodbye. Has a around. Yeah, Grandma. And yeah, in that stern, matriarchal way, she's fine now. They it's seem all much fine. happier. We're all the, happy and fine now. In the epilogue, they seem happier. And Ben is swimming with Sirshan. Mm-hmm. And the seals. Yeah. Who are, I guess, just seals and not selkies <laughs> at this point in time. <laughs> Which does bring us back a little bit to Is this all in Ben's head? I think it oh. is I think it's like the Wizard of Oz I don't know I like the mythology Oh I, I do too it, I, I, and I think there are a lot of unanswered questions If it's all in Ben's head Certainly Sorsha not talking mm-hmm. And but, but it doesn't matter it really, at no. the, in the end, what matters is the story of family, mm-hmm. right? The story of connection, of being a part of something. Right. And it is magical in that way. It's magical, and it's a very beautiful film. Yeah, I... It's hand-drawn animation, by the way. We didn't talk about that. We did not talk about that. Coming off of the heels of our deep dive into Don Blue, mm-hmm. hand-drawn stuff, as we have discussed, is a big deal. And it takes work. Mm-hmm. I, re- I think that they... I'm not sure what they used for the art in this film, but I feel like some of it must have been pastel. Yeah, I it's don't know. not. It doesn't feel like traditional pen and ink. Like yeah. it's definitely their style. Yes, like that is the style that they use. It's, it's not. Mm. Well, don't we plan on having a deep dive into more international animation soon? So yeah, we're gonna take a look get, at we'll get a lot that. of the yeah. international houses. So. Um, so we'll discuss the specifics of the art a little bit more in that one, because, yeah. We told you guys this wasn't going to be a long one. No. We lied. We probably lied. I don't know. We had to stop a few times. Maybe this is very short, and it just feels (laughs) long, because we had to stop a few times. (laughs) 
Um, blubber ability. I, we've already discussed yes. how weepy is I'll get out this movie is. And if you have feelings of any kind, you will likely have them <laughs> for this film. That's, that's about how, that's about the shape of it. Um, so let's talk about age because at four, it was not interesting. At three, it's, the songs are interesting. My nine-year-old has paid attention to it on a number of occasions, though. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing older kids is really where this one hits. Yeah. I, I wish I had been able to get my son to sit down for a couple minutes <laughs> and watch it. it. You know, at that age, the three to five range, it's really tough to know. And from kid to kid, too, it's tough to know what's mm -hmm. going to hit them in the right way at the right time. Yeah. So, but in general, and theme-wise, there, I, I wouldn't say there's really anything particularly scary here, mm -hmm. but certainly the thematic elements of family are probably better suited to older kids anyway. Mm-hmm. At, at the point where they're going to get them, right? Right. Um, can you wear this as a Halloween costume? Why, yes, you I can be a so. sulky. I, I, I don't... Uh, when we talk about... Uh, although, I don't know. When we talk about appropriation, usually we're referring to less dominant cultures in society, right? Yeah. That whose works or traditions shouldn't be used because it's negatively derivative, right? Mm -hmm. When we're appropriating from minority cultures, there is a sense of lack of understanding. Okay. Does that apply when we're talking about white cultures? I don't know. Is not... A hole I want to dive into. <laughs> I, I, I don't know that I am qualified to speak to this in any way, shape, or form. I mean, aren't there more people outside of Ireland who claim Irish descent than people, than in, people Ireland? in Ireland? I believe so that statistic is correct. If you want to wear this costume, it's not appropriation because chances are you can claim some amount of Irish heritage. Right? Uh, I, there you go. I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know the answer to this question. I, don't, I, I never know the answer to these <laughs> questions. And I'm always like, but here, if, if we're just looking at it on the face of it, dressing as a seal or a fairy certainly seems to be well within our appropriate yes. range of cultural costuming. No? And if you dress as Ben, people are going to think you're dressing as Marty McFly. Yeah, that's most likely. <laughs> with the, the life preserver. What's yeah. with the life preserver? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. All right. So what are you going to give this one out of five? Uh, I'm going to give this one a four and a half. Yeah, I think that sounds good, too. Okay. I'm I'm, I'm really very pleased with that this was film. Easy. Yeah. It's so liked, nice to I have a liked, good one for a change. Yeah. What would have given this a five for me was more music. 
I don't think there was enough music in this movie. No, I for... actually... I, and, and the music itself is so beautiful mm -hmm. that I really would have appreciated more underlying mm -hmm. thematic notes throughout. Yeah. Yeah. For a, a movie called Song of the Sea. We needed more song? I needed more song. Okay. <laughs> um, for me, I would have appreciated some additional story elements, just a few. Yeah. Now, I don't have a whole lot of questions about this one that are past what they should be, I feel, but I would like to have seen, I think, what happened to Brana a little bit clearer at the beginning. Okay. That that's that's it for me. And I think that's all we have for you today, guys. So if you need to get a hold of us, as one does, to complain about what we've gotten inaccurate or wrong or where we totally went off the rails on something, I'm sure I'm it's sure most things. There's points I'm in this sure episode. <laughs> absolutely. You can give us a call at 402-885-4875 or email us, latchkeymovies at gmail.com. We are at Latchkey Movies on Facebook. You could like our page. You could also like our page on Instagram. We don't hang out anywhere else. And you can find us on iTunes, where we are still, still eagerly awaiting your reviews <laughs> for the rest of our lives. Eagerly awaiting your reviews. Okay, that's it. That's all I got. I can't beg for that anymore. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. Bye! Bye.